What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What's up, everyone? And welcome back to the program. In today's episode, we're going to dive into Brian Kohlberger's court appearance and what Judge Judge had to say about the arguments that were presented to him. And as expected, it didn't go the way that Brian Kohlberger wanted it to go. They were seeking to have this whole entire thing thrown out, and Judge Judge obviously denied that request. As we've been talking about this for, oh, I don't know, the past few months, there was no doubt in my mind that Judge Judge was going to let these proceedings move forward. There was just too much there for the judge to throw this out. And Brian Koberger and his team, well, now they're going to have to go back to the drawing board and figure out how they're going to challenge the evidence that's been presented against their client. Today's article is from the Idaho Statesman and the headline, Brian Koberger's defense and the prosecution argue over whether the grand jury indictment should stand. The author of this article is Kevin Fixler. The judge overseeing the case of Brian Koberger, the man accused of murdering four University of Idaho students last year, on Thursday denied the defense's push to dismiss the grand jury indictment based on a purported error in instruction to the jurors. Judge John Judge of Idaho's 2nd Judicial District in Latah County quickly ruled on the motion after a 40-minute afternoon hearing. Kohlberger's public defense team had argued that the standard of proof applied to grand juries in Idaho does not align with the language included in the state constitution or Idaho law, requiring the higher legal standard, up to beyond a reasonable doubt. And this is the argument that they tried to come with. Well, Judge Judge told them several times that that's an argument they're going to have to make to a higher court because it's Judge Judge's job to uphold the law as it is, not to remake the law as he goes. Judge, along with the prosecution, in a short oral response, said established precedent suggests otherwise. And remember, when you have precedent in court, it's a huge deal. Very rarely is a judge going to go back and step on precedent to make a ruling. It's just not something they do too often unless there was something that occurred that was very egregious. I appreciate the argument. I think it's really creative. And I appreciate the journey back through history, judge said in court on Thursday. I mean, what it comes down to for me is that I am constrained by what I believe is settled law in Idaho. I may be wrong, but this is certainly an issue that you would have to bring up with a higher court, like the Idaho Supreme Court, and I look forward to getting that. 
So what he's saying is, look, your argument is a very creative one. But unfortunately, due to the constraints of precedent and settled law in Idaho, there's nothing that Judge Judge can do to offer them relief. Just before Judge Judge entered the room, Koberger walked in wearing a blue suit and striped golden blue tie, escorted by a sheriff's deputy. He took a seat next to his lead public defender, Ann Taylor, and shared a brief smile with her before directing his eyes forward, where they stayed for the majority of the hearing. The other members of his public defense team, Jay Logston and Alyssa Massoth, sat nearby. From the outset, during oral argument, Logston acknowledged that overturning the indictment would be a tall order, but nevertheless, he argued that the secretive grand jury process already is heavily stacked against defendants, and the lack of case law in Idaho left the door open that the burden on the prosecution in indictment proceedings should be greater than a reasonable doubt. Plain language seems to support what we're saying, Logston told the judge. I'm arguing that things everyone in the state is doing are wrong, and occasionally, rarely, they say, no, that guy's right. And like Judge Judge made clear, that's not an argument to make to a judge in a position that Judge Judge is in. His job is to adjudicate this case, not to rewrite state law. Judge countered that probable cause had been the standard in Idaho for a long time, perhaps a century. Logston's premise was novel, he said, but existing precedent did not allow him to make a different interpretation or just change the law as a trial court. And that's what I was just referring to. You don't have that ability when you're a judge in a position that judge judges in. The only people that can change laws in the state are the legislators, not the judges, not the courts. They're there to uphold the laws. They're there to hold people accountable for breaking the law. The laws are made by our lawmakers, and those are the people that we elect to send to D.C. or to the state houses around the country. For the prosecution, Idaho Deputy Attorney General Jeff Nye spent roughly two minutes presenting the state's side. He stated simply that the Idaho Supreme Court had already ruled on the issue in a prior decision. Earlier Thursday, Judge also heard other defense arguments about several alleged legal flaws related to the grand jury indictment. It is unclear how or whether Judge ruled on those arguments because the hearing was held behind closed doors to protect the sensitive information. You're probably wondering why it was sealed compared to this part of the hearing, and that is because we are dealing with the procedures of the grand jury and a lot of details. Judge told attendees, the grand jury is secret, so that's why it's sealed. And whether you like it or not, it's baked into the U.S. Constitution and the Idaho Constitution. Now, I've already said a million times, I am not a fan of grand jury proceedings. I think the deck is certainly stacked against people whenever a grand jury is impaneled, but it's certainly something that is available to prosecutors. And even though I don't like it, it's a tool that they should use if they feel it's necessary. You mean to tell me if you had a tool in your toolbox as a plumber and it's going to make the job easier, you're not going to use that tool? Of course you are, right? So what's the difference for prosecutors? So I think the judge is right here pointing out that it's not up to the lower court to make those decisions. And it's also interesting that he left the door open for those arguments to be made to the higher court. I'm interested to see what the higher court has to say as well. But as far as this case itself, there's nowhere for them to turn here. They don't have legal basis for their requests.
At the morning hearing, the defense contended that the indictment should be thrown out based on four other legal grounds, that the local grand jury was biased against Kohlberger, and that prosecutors lacked sufficient evidence, used inadmissible evidence, and committed misconduct in withholding evidence that would negate their client's guilt. The hearing extended into the schedule after the session, delaying its start by about 35 minutes. So, we don't know what occurred. We don't know what Judge Judge ruled. We don't know what was said. It was all done behind closed doors and under seal. So, unless the court minutes are released at some point, we're probably not going to know what occurred in that closed session. How we got here. Koberger, 28, is charged with stabbing to death the four U of I students at an off-campus home in November of 2022. The victims were seniors, Madison Mogan and Kaylee Gonsalves, who were both 21, junior Zana Kernodal, and freshman Ethan Chapin, who were both 20. At the time, Koberger was a graduate student of criminal justice and criminology at Washington State University. WSU is located in Pullman, Washington, about nine miles west of Moscow. Latah County Prosecutor Bill Thompson has already stated his intent to seek the death penalty for Kohlberger if he is convicted by a jury. And there's no other way for him to go here, right? Remember, Bill Thompson is an elected official. And they have the death penalty on the books in Idaho for a reason. And that reason is his constituents believe that if you do something like Brian Kohlberger allegedly did, then the grand penalty at the end of the game should be the death penalty. So Bill Thompson really had no choice here, in my opinion, but to go after the death penalty for Brian Kohlberger. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. In May, Aleta County Grand Jury indicted Koberger on four counts of first-degree murder and one count of felony burglary. A retired judge from neighboring Nez Percy County presided over the three-day process which canceled a preliminary hearing scheduled in June on the same charges for Kohlberger. By their nature, grand juries are an intentionally secret tool prosecutors have at their disposal to move a case to trial. Defendants, their attorneys, and the public are not allowed to know about them, let alone attend. Kohlberger's defense team submitted its first request to dismiss the indictment in July, alleging the error in the instructions provided to the grand jurors. In its place, they again sought a preliminary hearing for their client, where prosecutors would need to present evidence and testimony in an open forum to prove probable cause of Koberger's guilt to a judge. 
The hearing also would grant the defense a chance to cross-examine witnesses. In August, the defense filed a second motion to dismiss the indictment, citing the other four legal grounds. The prosecution objected to those efforts to throw out the indictment. Judge set September hearings to listen to the arguments, but those were rescheduled to Thursday at the request of the defense on account of an undisclosed illness at the time. And we never found out what that illness was, and I doubt we ever will. Thursday's hearings were the first time Kohlberger has appeared in court in two months. In late August, he waived his right to a speedy trial, which indefinitely postponed his capital murder trial originally scheduled for the first week of this month. The Thursday's hearings came less than three weeks before the one-year mark of the crime that sent shockwaves throughout Idaho and the nation. The quadruple homicide launched what developed into a nearly seven-week manhunt ending with Kohlberger's late December arrest at his family's home in eastern Pennsylvania. Monday also marks 10 months since Kohlberger was taken into custody. He made his initial court appearance in Pennsylvania on January 3rd and arrived the next day in Idaho to the Latah County Jail in Moscow, where he has remained ever since. On November 21st, Kohlberger will turn 29 years old in jail as he and all those closely tracking the case continue to await his eventual trial, which still has no scheduled date. And unfortunately, I expected this delay from the jump. Anytime you have a case like this, a trial like this, an investigation like this, there's so much evidence to go through. More times than not, the defense is going to request some kind of delay. We saw it with Alex Murdaugh. We saw it with Glenn Maxwell. We saw it with Lori Vallow. And the list goes on and on and on. And for the state, well, they have unlimited resources, right? Let's be real. So they're willing to give you that delay. They're willing to let you sit in jail and rot for a little while as you try and come up with a defense. Meanwhile, what they're going to be doing is continuing to collect evidence against you, continuing to build their case against you. And that is most assuredly what we're seeing here. The state of Idaho continues to build their case. They continue to try and make it airtight while Brian Koberger's team continues to try and punch holes in the narrative. And as far as when this trial might take place, I've said several times now, and I still believe this, that this trial will kick off in the summer at some point. When that's going to happen, I don't know. But I'm thinking that this is going to be something that kicks off this summer. And if that does happen, we're going to have the Chad Daybell trial and the Brian Koberger trial kicking off right around the same time. So interesting times are certainly ahead, folks. Still some curves in the road, certainly some bumps, and definitely some murky water to navigate. But we're going to keep swimming through that murk, looking for the clarity. All of the information that goes with this episode, including my contact information, can be found in the description box.